This is episode 31 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and joining me is Patrick. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey. (laughs) So if our listeners are wondering if we have run out of content or ideas to post, then no, we have not. We are just... We are just going back in time a little bit. We are not running out of ideas. There are tons of other franchises we could do. But we are going to talk about what I would probably say is, if not one of the most iconic uh, figure in just of all of cinema, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Um, so if I had to take a guess, Patrick, I'd say that out of the two of us, you're probably the biggest fan of Charlie Chaplin so far. I haven't seen as many of his movies as you have. Would you say that? Um, well, uh, yeah, we're pretty close, though. You've definitely uh, jumped right in and started racking up uh, viewings. So you're, you're getting there. Um, I think I, I like Chaplin more than you do, if, I, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, I would, I would reckon so. Yeah. Um, before, we get into, before we get into this one uh, with Modern Times, um, have you seen anything since uh, we last talked, I guess, with uh, The Dark Knight? Um, yes, since we last talked with The Dark Knight, I watched or rewatched Citizen Kane. Because the first time I watched it, I couldn't really get through it. It wasn't really my thing. And I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. So I'd never finished it. But this time around, I did finish it. I appreciated it more because of the ending and how it uh, completes the story very well. So I, mm-hmm. was giving it, I was giving it four stars on Letterboxd, just mostly out of respect after the first viewing. But now that I've seen it a second time... I can confidently say that it definitely deserves every inch of the space that four stars gives it. And um, what else did I see? Let us let us think back. Um, I watched some more Godard. Oh, no. Mound's going to be upset <laughs> with me about that. <laughs> that was not correct. Not very smooth. But uh, yeah, I watched uh, Le Petit Soldat which I think that was a little better. So there we go. Um, <laughs> very, very good. Uh, pretty much maxing out uh, my three and a half rating there mm-hmm. on that one. Very cool. Uh, Stranger Than Paradise by Jim Jarmusch. Very awesome little uh, travel romp, I suppose. <laughs> very low key, yeah. very, very dry humor, but pretty funny. Uh, very... Mm-hmm. Uh, very um it's got a great atmosphere i would say and then uh, i watched little women again the the older one the 1994 version with winona Ryder and christian bale which Mm -hmm. i know you are a big fan of christian bale just like i am right yeah definitely probably my favorite actor yeah well he's great here he's younger but he's still he's still making it happen personally Mm -hmm. Timothy Chalamet in the 2019 version, he knocked it out of the park. He's my favorite part of that movie. And so Christian Bale didn't quite live up to that performance and that standard. But, you know, he's doing something a little different and he's definitely great in his own way. But I would still take the 2019 version 
overall, although I think this 1994 version does some things a little bit better. And that is okay. what I've been watching. How about you? Um, well, Patrick, um, I um, subscribed to HBO Max, so I canceled my HBO subscription on Amazon Prime, and so I'm just sticking with HBO Max. So I went through some of their content, uh, and which they've got a lot of it, honestly. And my biggest interest in there was just that, you know, the Snyder Cut is going to come out on HBO Max. Yeah. So I was like, well, probably need to check that out, right? So yeah. I was like, okay. And so I went through some of their content, and I'll drop out a few things. Uh, they got all of the Looney Tunes episodes on there, and I just remember, like, being, like, five through – Waking up every Saturday morning, having some hot chocolate and watching Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry. I mean, that was just one of this of just a big memory of mine, just on Saturday mornings and stuff. And so, I remember yeah. watching those shows and stuff. And it, it was cool going back. And they're nice little short eight minute episodes, and that's fun. They, they just have a special place and and just in my heart and with uh, all of just animation. I think they're they're just really uh big in that world and uh HBO sort of I guess Warner Brothers made a new Looney Tunes show which I'm not that interested in checking out but mm -hmm. I might um and then I uh I wanted I had heard about this and I wanted to check it out. It's Elmo now has his own talk show which yeah. I was like okay yeah I saw that. I want to see this. So <laughs> I saw the episode of Elmo interviewing Batman and Pentatonix. If y'all don't know who Pentatonix is, there's sort of this this small choir almost where they make beats and music with their mouth as well as singing. Very impressive. Um, but I don't listen to them a whole lot. And I saw that one episode and it was it was cute. Yeah, it was sweet. And uh, I like the Cookie Monster was sort of if y'all watch Conan O'Brien. The Cookie Monster is sort of the Andy of that show, uh, who, who sort of sits by Conan O'Brien, or in this case, Elmo, while he's interviewing people. And they interviewed Batman, which was very, very interesting. And they sort of made fun of him. Like, Elmo started roasting Batman. Like, Batman, why do you talk so weirdly? <laughs> I was just like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, but it was sweet. Like, I'm probably not going to watch another episode of it, but I was like, you know, if I'm sure, like, you'll have a special place for, like, five-year-olds and below, maybe six-year-olds also. I, I know um, my youngest brother, Silas, he certainly got a kick out of it. Uh, he had, he didn't watch a lot of Sesame Street, so I think he was pretty interested in it. Uh, but for me, the big one that I watched on HBO Max was Barry, um, with yeah. starring Bill Hader and directed by Bill Hader. I had heard a lot about this. Um, uh, I think it's... Uh, Nerdwriter, a, a YouTuber that I um, watch a little bit, uh, he um, made this video on uh, which climax or final action sequence was better, Game of Thrones or Endgame. And then he like flipped the switch on us, like, no, it's neither of them. It's the, it's Barry. And I was like, wait, what's Barry? Like, I've never heard of this. And uh, I knew it was on HBO, but I, I wanted to do it on HBO Max. So I watched it. Uh, first three episodes each season I think is uh, nine episodes and um, so far um, I'm it's for those of y'all who don't know what Barry's about it starts Bill Hader and he's a uh, a hitman 
who wants to become an actor. It's sort of a comedy slash a bit of drama. a brutality element of it too. Yet drama also. Uh, and it has its funny I mean, just the idea, it, it's kind of silly. But uh, I'm so, I'm, like I said, three episodes in. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I think it's going to continue to get better. But um, so far, I'd say I'd, I'd recommend it. It's on HBO or HBO Max. And so for HBO Max overall, I'd say it's it's a, it's a good streaming service. It caught, if you have like HBO, it costs, uh, I think, a, maybe like a few cents more than HBO does. So like I just like switch to that and add more content on there and stuff. Um, but nice. yeah, all the Harry Potter movies, all the... Uh, the DC cinematic, the DCEU uh, movies, they got all those. So, yeah. Um, I also saw um, uh, Patrick, uh, you were here for a little while, and I know we just we watched X Men Days of Future Past, which, yep. and I had that at, sitting at four and a half stars. And no, it's not the, it's not four and a half stars. I've been kind of going back <laughs> and editing some of my rankings and stuff. Um, yeah, me too. But I think this is definitely, for me, one of the, the better superhero movies in my mind, just because I, I think the the just the X Men franchise, well, in their early days, put out consistently good content with First Class, Days of Future Past. Uh, those first two X Men movies are are pretty good, and the third one's okay. I'm not gonna hate on it. I think it's just a little messy, is all. And then they got Apocalypse, X Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, Dark Phoenix. They they sort of slacked a little bit, but I mean, Logan is one of my favorite um, superhero movies. Uh, with The Dark Knight being my number one, but A Day's Future Past is it's it's really cool. Just combining the the old uh, uh, American cast and the British cast. I think I prefer the British cast, honestly, with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. But I still thought that this was a really just a cool mash a mesh of the two. And then I saw Hot Fuzz with you, Patrick, and mm-hmm. uh, I, that was uh, just a really fun time. Uh, and that uh, was my second Edgar Wright movie. I saw Scott Pilgrim, which I thought was really good. Uh, I think I might, might like Hot Fuzz a little more. Uh, I think I like Simon Pegg a little more than I do Michael Sarah. Uh, but this is this is just so fun. I mean, we have just tons of parodies like Austin Powers, The Naked Gun. Uh, there's so many. And I think this is probably my favorite parody, maybe. Uh, there's another parody that I saw that actually might be my favorite, but uh, just it's sort of a parody of like the Michael Bay type of action movie. I mean, just when they're walking around with guns, I mean, you can hear the guns clattering against each other. It's just so weird. And it's so quickly cut and stuff. It's it's very funny and probably would do really well on rewatch because just because there's so many um, just little jokes in there but then there's big jokes also yeah um, so i would definitely give that one a recommend uh it's it's i feel like i've heard it's connected to sort of this simon Pegg slash edgar wright trilogy where there's at world's end and there's Shaun of the dead i just sort of came in with hot fuzz uh i know Shaun of the dead is supposed to be even better so i definitely would like to see that one soon but after this one i saw forgive me if i'm pronouncing this wrong but garrett Garth Marini's Dark Place, which, uh, Patrick, you've spoken very highly of, and it was on YouTube, and I was like, well, 
I mean, let's check this thing out. And it's yeah. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. it. There's so many jokes flying yeah. in. Every line is just is basically a joke. And mm-hmm. like some of them I was like I appreciated more and then others I that I just didn't even catch. Like I was just, there, there's just so many coming out and it probably do really well on rewatch just to pick up more jokes, but it's sort of a parody of television uh, in the 20th century. And it's just so funny, a, a g- funny cast and it's just bad acting, bad writing, bad effects, just so weird. Um, and I, I definitely would recommend it. 20 minute, um, six six episodes it's very funny uh i don't know if i liked it as much as you did patrick uh i i think i might it's probably monty python the mm-hmm. holy grail but i think this is if not tied with that a, a close second um but yeah i definitely recommend this it's on youtube go see it it's really fun and kind of a hidden gem i'd say i don't know that if this is something that people know a whole lot about honestly it's it's got high reviews on letterbox but not a lot of people have seen it i think and it's in the hundreds honestly on um, how many people have seen oh, wow it. i didn't know that uh but yeah uh, with Incept- i didn't saw inception which i had sitting at a four and a half star rating and i wanted to revisit this one I'd only seen it once, which is honest, probably a mistake. <laughs> but I uh, revisited this one and was just totally blown away by it on the second time. Um, I loved it even more. I get, I just gave it the five star treatment. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. Great cast uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. This was the first movie of his that I saw. Um, we've got Leonardo DiCaprio, Ellen Page, Tom Hardy. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ken Watanabe, if I'm saying that right, uh, and then just the effects, the direction by Christopher Nolan, my favorite director, just unbelievable. I love every element of this movie, and I guess if there was, w- if I had to give this movie one problem, it would be the dialogue. There's just so much coming at you, and, and but like, there's no other way you could make this movie without having a lot of dialogue. Well, I think Nolan's assembled a really entertaining cast. Where you can enjoy that, you're you're fine with that dialogue, um, and then something I noticed so much more on the second time is the Hans Zimmer score, which is probably my favorite score of his. I know people really like that Interstellar score, which I agree is absolutely beautiful. But here, the I mean, every song is fantastic. The dream is collapsing. Um, there's. Uh, I believe there's, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Mombasa. That's a really good one. And then there's Time, which is another fantastic one. Uh, this All all of the score pieces are so brilliant. And um, I listened to um, a live one of Hans Zimmer record, uh, performing at Prague. Uh, and just the audience reaction, just the first few beats of the uh, yeah. of the Inception score and just the applause, I, I was just blown away. I mean, this is a score that's such, that's just so much appreciated. And and I, I know people like I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I don't really buy into that honestly, uh, but uh, I did think that he has one of the best 
scene through the whole movie, which is the uh, the um, the uh, the hallway fight when everything is sort of shifting around. Yeah, and I thought that was really just a great scene with so much tension and just the uh, the score in the background. I love every element of this movie, and it's and I know people say it's really confusing and all that. It's just a dense movie. It's not that confusing if you see it twice. It's just, there's so many layers. It's honestly probably one of the most dense movies I've seen. Uh, just just with all those layers, and there's so many storylines also with um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. But then they also have this job. Oh, forgot to mention, Killian Murphy's in this, and he's really good also. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would watch this movie again, honestly. It's so good. Um, then I saw Ford v. Ferrari, which um, I saw uh, earlier this year uh, before all COVID started with my dad. And uh, this one, uh, this is kind of underrated. I know it got nominated for Oscars and stuff, but I never felt like it was going to be heavily considered like uh like joker or parasite or once upon a time in hollywood was i feel like it was honestly one of the lesser players um but yeah, i agree i mean it's got two got two of my favorite actors with a uh, christian bale uh and matt damon uh, who are just so good it's got james mangold at the helm directing uh who i you know i know from logan he also did walk the line and 310 to yuma um, he's just—he's uh, becoming one of my favorite directors. I think he's one of the best working today, uh, just with his—he does things just really different. And I really wish we had more movies like Ford v Ferrari, because they're different from those historical dramas. I think, um, just in style and just the car chases are so good, and uh, the dialogue is actually really good. Uh, which I noticed because I listened to an interview. I've mentioned this before, but I listened to an interview of Mangold talking about dialogue and how he had to make it realistic. He, and that's what he wanted to do. And I think he does a good job with that. Like I said, the two actors, Matt Damon and Christian Bale, are really what hold this together for me and why it's just so good and why I love it so much. But yeah, every element of this I love. Um, the one problem I had with it was uh, Noah Jupe's character. Uh, playing Christian Bale's son. I like Noah Jupe from uh, Wonder and um, uh, A Quiet Place. Uh, I thought he did a good job. He had moments of his that I really like. I think it was probably his best best performance. But he was given a kind of kind of a know-it-all character, honestly. Like he's like when Christian Bale is racing at the end, which isn't really a spoiler because this is based off a true story. But I mean, just like he's like. He's got to get one more lap. And come on, dad, what are you doing? Like, I, was, I let the guy do his thing. <laughs> but uh, I do think this is overall a really good movie. I wish it was considered more for um, Oscars. Um, I feel like Marco Blantry and um, uh, Chris and uh, Hans Zimmer really got snobbed or snubbed, I guess, for um, their, their scores. Inception did not win the Oscar for best score. Which makes me so mad. The Social Network <laughs> one, which is another really good score, um, but oh my word, the Inception score is even better. And Marco Blanchi's done really good scores also, uh, with A Quiet Place, which is another score of his that I really like. And uh, this one's really good also. It's it's very um, it feels like music you'd hear um, in this and at this time in this period. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all that I've seen. So all right. Uh, now let's get into uh, modern times. 
So um, uh, we're not we're not going to be doing all of Charlie Chaplin's movies. We're just going to be doing what I think would be the biggest four of the Tramp films with uh, Modern Times, uh, City Lights, The Kid, and The Gold Rush. And I still had to get to The Gold Rush, but those uh, four are the are the big ones we'll ta- we're tackling, and uh, we may we might go to other Chaplin's works later down the line. But these are the four that I think we both really want to tackle. Um, yeah. I think they're probably uh, his most well known movies. I think. Would you say that? Yeah, I think the w- one other one that we could do at at some point is The Great Dictator. That one's pretty popular mm-hmm. as well. So that that might be a yeah. down the road idea. Yeah. I, I I definitely have, I've I've seen that one. It's I think when you look at Chaplin's uh, list of directing on Letterboxd, yeah, the, it's like the, number three. The Great Dictator, yeah, it's number three behind um, Modern Times, City Lights, and and then The Great Dictator. Mm-hmm. And you know we're here to talk about Modern Times, which I think is probably maybe Chaplin's. It is on Letterboxd. It's his most popular, uh, but I yeah. think this also may be. Uh, just his most iconic bit. I mean, the shot of him just sort of in the um, the gears and all that, working at the factory and stuff. I think that's a bunch of of some of his most iconic moments. Um, for me, I think that um, City Lights might be his most well made film. I think, uh, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I think um, the flower but... scene is is pretty iconic as well. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really say what's the most iconic part about Charlie Chaplin? You know, it's, it's really him. Yeah. Um, Patrick, where, uh, what's sort of your relationship with Charlie Chaplin? Like what films have you seen? And uh, how, like just how many of his films do you like? Um, I have never disliked a Charlie Chaplin film. I've seen all of these four that we're planning on doing already. Uh, a few of them many times. Uh, I've also seen The Great Dictator once, but it was it was a while back, so I would be interested in revisiting that probably at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, my appreciation for him grew as I went back to him. It took me really about three times trying to get into his filmography for it to really click. You know, like I, I appreciated it the first time I watched them, and then the second time I watched a few more that were, you know, that, that were a little underrated, but they were really great. And then the third yeah. time that I went back and rewatched them all, I was like, okay, <laughs> there is not really any other individual whose career is as incredibly just interesting and impressive as Charlie Chaplin's as, you know, he's an actor, he's the director, he dabbles in, you know, composing the scores he, you know, yeah. he's choreographing all this incredible comedy. He's writing the whole thing. This is a a singular mind within film, and his mm-hmm. films have not well. They, you know, they've aged in style, but not in quality at all. Oh no! And I mean, you were talking about just all the stuff he does. I mean, I'm looking at the Modern Times page in the crew: director Charlie Chaplin, producer Charlie Chaplin. Writer Charlie Chaplin, editor Charlie Chaplin with um, Willard Nico, and then uh, um, composer Charlie Chaplin. I mean, he yeah, he is just sort of all over the the crew, and then 
just in, in casting all these, the main character, all of those. And then I think the tramp is honestly just one of the most iconic figures in cinema. I mean, just as a, as a fictional character that he's been in so many movies. And I mean, all, all four of these uh, is featuring the tramp character, um, which is sort of the, the ones that I wanted to look at the most. Uh, yeah. But he's done other ones also. Uh, he's not the tramp of the great tic- dic- the great dictator. Am, am I correct? Well, uh, he he. It's interesting in the great dictator. He plays the tramp, and then he also plays the dictator in the same film, because that's that's oh, part okay. of that's part of how the plot goes. Is there's a mix up between the tramp and the great dictator, and they get their places swapped for a time. So. Yeah, that I haven't seen that one in a while, but that would be a great one to get into. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I I've only seen as far as my relationship with Charlie Chaplin. You know, um, I saw that you'd been seeing a whole lot of things and been rating them really highly, and I was like, oh well, I've I've I've, I've obviously heard <laughs> of this person, but I haven't ever seen any of his movies. So, uh. I have so far I've seen Modern Times, City Lights, and The Kid, and you know, I've always at first I've always been hesitant to watch silent films. Just like, you know, do they even hold up a whole lot? I know the first one I saw was The General with Buster yeah. Keaton, which I know is really highly Love regarded. It. I didn't really, I didn't really get into it as much, but I'd be willing to rewatch it uh, just because I, I know that that is one of Buster Keaton's probably his most famous movie. Uh, and I think that he's not, not as iconic as Charlie Chaplin, but he has some um, iconography in the silent definitely. film era. And I definitely would be willing, definitely would be willing to revisit um, the general. But for me, uh, I, as far as silent films I've seen, I also saw Nosferatu, which I mentioned before. Um, and I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, I think it's way, rated way too highly. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that great, um, but I could. It's probably my favorite um, movie with Dracula in it. Honestly, I I really don't like that book. Uh, just it's so slow. The first like thirty or so pages, when Jonathan is at Dracula's castle, is some really good stuff. But after that, it's just slow and slow. It's such a big book. It's more. I think it's more than like five hundred pages, and like I just really struggled to get through it. Um, and I thought that this was a. It was a. It's a shorter one, which I really appreciate. It's. it's it was a trimmed down version of the book because that book is so long, and I think Nosferatu is only an hour and like twenty to thirty so minutes. Um, and so I really appreciated about that and just the the look of. Um, Dracula, or I guess Nosferatu, is really good, and I think still holds up. Some of the, the, uh, the like the scary elements that movie I think hold up very well. But um, something that I really appreciate about Chaplin is that he doesn't exactly overact, and the main character in that movie, Jonathan, is a he's he overacts a lot. Like he is just all over. Like he his eyes are wide the whole time, and he's like, oh. oh. Whoa! And it's, and he's just all over the place, but uh, I, I appreciated that for what it was. Didn't think it was just fantastic, but yeah, then I saw The Kid, which was my first Chaplin movie, and I just really, we'll talk about it more, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, and that one encouraged me to just go and seek out more of Chaplin's movies, because I know that The Kid 
is it the most highly rated or most popular chapter movie, even though it's certainly up there, and that's why we're going to be discussing it um, later. But um, yeah, I saw after the, after the kid, I saw City Lights. Then I saw this one, Modern Times. Um, but um, we're, since something I love about Chaplin's movies is that they're they're very short. Um, they're just about an hour and thirty minutes, or an hour and twenty minutes, honestly, somewhere in between there. Which is something I really really liked about his movies. And I when I was younger, I always was like, oh. Uh, Longer movies are better because I get to stay up a little later. But now I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> and sometimes long movies drag a whole lot, which is something that I'm a little hesitant to at times. If, uh, if like, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West is a movie I'm really wanting to get to, but I'm try- I'd have a hard time finding room for it in just in my schedule because that movie's almost like three hours yeah. long. It's so good. Um, but, though. um, sit. So- Oh yeah, it's it's on. It's really high up there on my watch list. But uh, since Chaplin's movies are just shorter, and uh, they're also like they have like elements in there, but uh, they're very open with you, honestly. So we're gonna do a spoiler and non-spoiler section, and we'll start out with the non-spoiler section of this. All right. So modern times, um, Patrick, what did you think? And <laughs> okay, well, um, Modern Times was one of the Chaplin films that I got into on, like, the second wave of my experience with him that I talked about earlier. Um, and I was struck uh, uh, in this one with the, the social commentary that he was going for, the emotional moments that he still uh reaches very easily he makes it look so simple and straightforward to do these things but it's really mm-hmm. hard to to strike the notes that he does and speaking of notes i love the soundtrack or, or the score for this one so good um without spoiling i guess one of my favorite parts of modern times is the uh singing scene quote unquote um which was just, you know, a mm-hmm. really big uh, roast of the studios that was trying to get him to do talkies basically his whole career. And he just didn't uh-huh. want to because he just prefers visual storytelling. And you know what? With what he does with it, who can blame him? So, and yeah. I, I love that whole song. It sounds great. It's hilarious. And I have no idea what he's talking about. And it just, it, it's so <laughs> brilliant in that way. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely easier to uh, digest these movies through the details, you know, because it gives you a, a great sense of what he's going for in general. But the devil is in the details on these films. So I'll probably, you know, I would say definitely go watch it so that you can come back and listen to the spoiler review, because that's where we're really going to talk about some really cool stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? And yeah, I'm- I, I thought it was really good. Um, I mean, like I said, the factory sequence in this movie, so iconic. And like you said, just the social commentary. I mean, I mean, this movie came out, it was a time where people were struggling to find jobs. And I just love just the just the character of the tramp, who is just sort of a, a, a light in dark circumstances, which is something I just love about all of Chaplin's movies. 
And with City Lights especially, I think that's why I'm going to love City Lights more than Modern Times. Uh, but Modern Times is so good. And, you know, we'll get into just that ending also. This was the final outing for Charlie Chaplin as the Tramp, which is sort of ironic because it's the first Charlie Chaplin movie we're talking about. But, but um, I, like I said, such great moments. The score is also so good. And then, like you said, that, that song he does is hilarious. Makes no sense. But yeah, it's just a great, just poking at the studios who wanted him to do um, talk movies and stuff. And I'd, I'd be interested in seeing how Charlie Chaplin uh, operated in, I guess, quote unquote, talkie movies. Yeah. Um, and I know he's done a mm-hmm. few, uh, which I want to see just to see how he does in that area. But yeah, these tramp movies prove that Chaplin doesn't need words to tell a great story. And Modern Times is just a perfect representation of that. Yeah. And, I mean, Chaplin knows what he wants to do, goes for it, and does it with flying colors. And that's why I gave it the five-star treatment was, like, everything he goes for, he 100% succeeds in. He doesn't falter. Mm-hmm. There's not one moment where I'm like, oh, this isn't quite working. I mean, I mean, just every element of this movie is just so good. And, you know, the, like I said, I, I posted in my Modern Times of you, and in the MCU, the, the Tramp Cinematic Universe all the way, and even though that, that, that is sort of the case here, I mean, he doesn't really care about continuity. I mean, the Tramp must have like a thousand love interests, love interests at this point. Well, so did Charlie <laughs> but Chaplin. I, I to just be look- honest. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, we'll get, just get into just the romance of the story and stuff. Every element is just so well done, and I think that also just the cinematography of the movie. Looks really good. Just like I said, the gear sequence where he's sort of um, in between the gears and stuff, and all the factory scenes are just such a delight. And Charles Chaplin's just a great actor, honestly. I mean, he, he doesn't overact, which I think is probably, if you were to find one of the biggest problems in the silent film sort of time, is overacting yeah. and just not being able to tell stories that well through. Uh, visuals without having without using words, uh, but I think Charlie Chaplin just a hundred percent goes with that and it just proves that silent films are just as important as um, uh, talky films. I guess I mean they have just as much of a part to play in in the mm-hmm. cinema, and yeah, I just love every element of this movie. Like I said, and, and it just succeeds in everything. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I guess we won't do. I guess we won't do recommends. I guess because we have this um, <laughs> too late <laughs> not spoiler segment. So I would say, yep, go see this movie. I mean, I wish I had gotten HBO Max sooner because I, now their Chaplin's movies are free on HBO Max. So if you got HBO Max, this is free to you. So so go see it, and it's yeah, it's yeah. Also on the Criterion this channel movie. too. If y'all want to go get that, yeah. Also, uh, to our listeners. If you know what you get when you say DLNA really <laughs> fast, please email us moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com. Yeah, be careful. Tell us, please. Be careful. You might uncover a oh horrible my word. secret. But just, you know, approach with caution. Oh, my word. T- try and figure out and decode and decipher DLNA. What does it mean when you say it really fast? Be careful. Report back. Godspeed. Oh my word, God, DLNA. 
Man, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you let us know, listeners. DLNA. We, Patrick and I found this video. We were trying, well, Patrick was here. We were planning on doing a Chaplin movie uh, while he was here. And we were going to connect uh, Patrick's phone with because he had the Char- Chaplin movies for free on the Criterion channel. And we couldn't get it to work. And I tried to find this video of how you connected it. And this guy said, on the, there's a section when you're connecting it to um, <laughs> AirDrop or whatever, th- that he's like, and of course, if you say D-L-N-A really fast, it's, it's horrible. And I was like, oh, what does it mean? And I, I, Patrick and I just pondered, pondered it for what felt like just 20 minutes. It was just, oh my word. If you know, you tell us, because I have a dying note. I mean, Every night when I lay down in bed, I'm like, D-L-N-A, what does it mean? <laughs> I just don't know, but okay. You let us know, listeners, but all right. Uh, anything else you want to say on our non-spoiler segment, I don't Patrick? think so. I'm excited to get into the spoilers. Let's do it. Let's spoil some stuff. Definitely. All right, so go see this movie, and uh, Patrick, let's get to some let's spoilers. Transition. Yep. All right, so Patrick, what are some things you want to spoil from modern times? List of things I want to spoil. You know, I I think the whole thing with spoilers in this movie, it's not that there's any real surprises. It's just if you haven't seen Mm it, you don't want to know how the story is going to unfold in in many ways. Just because watching it unfold for the first time is really the the delight as you would say or the joy of this experience so i think that's why we have this spoiler section is that pretty accurate okay yes. yeah so i guess we could just uh start at the beginning i mean <laughs> open up the first shot yeah. of the movie is a bunch of sheep getting off a ship and there's one black sheep in the middle of the herd fade into a shot of a bunch of workers getting off the subway and climbing up onto the street and running to a factory to start their day of work. This this is the first three shots of the movie, pretty much. And it's already Mm -hmm. a hilarious social satire joke that it's just, it's visually interesting. There's no words and it's hilarious. Like I, Mm -hmm. I start laughing every time I see that those sheep with the one black sheep in the middle. I know what. Uh, so yes. Good. Uh, and then let's see. They go to the factory, and you want to talk about the the manager that's just sitting around. Yes, doing the nothing. manager. Yes, I thought this was hilarious. All he's doing is sitting here. Uh, doing a puzzle is the first thing we see. He's bored. He's not doing anything. He's just working on a puzzle, and uh, occasionally he'll he'll send down messages to someone who's operating the machines below. And I was like, oh, he does say a few words, which I thought was like I thought that was yeah. interesting. But it's basically he's the only one who says words besides the the later uh, singing scene, which I just. I was, I wondered why Chaplin added that, or maybe it was the studio making him do it. No, but it was not. I wondered it why he not. did it. Because... Charlie Chaplin did not let the studio push him around. I, I'm, I'm very confident it was not the studio, but it is interesting that he made that choice. Yeah, yeah, because you know it could so easily be done with 
you know, the title cards just pop up and tell you what the person's saying. It's a very interesting choice, but I, I like it. I like that this is the only guy who talks in the whole movie besides the later sing song with uh with a chaplain yeah. later. There's but, also there's also uh, the report on the radio that talks about uh chaplain uh helping stop the breakout and that he's gonna be released. But I think other than that, it's silent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just any detail is just really funny. And you know, we see the, the tramp character, he's he's working uh on this factory. He's I don't know what this factory is manufacturing exactly, <laughs> but he's he's screwing something on or whatever, or tiny yeah. knobs. And it's just a really funny and just delightful sequence. Something I didn't know at first or just didn't get is uh, the trip is acting much differently than he than he ha- normally does in in these yeah. movies. I was, is there an explanation why or, or is it just that we don't know at first why he's acting so weird? Well, he, he doesn't start out acting weird, actually. He starts out normal tramp just doing his work. But as he gets kind of yes. lulled by the repetitive nature of his work, he uh, reaches a point where he has like he zeroes in on his focus and all he's doing is tightening screws, which is hilarious because his screws yeah, are loosening as he does it. And then he gets sucked into the machine, <laughs> which is this iconic shot of him in between the gears. And that shot is supposed to represent basically him in his mind, just losing it. And then he comes back out and he's, completely insane complete mental breakdown he's just running around anything that looks any tiny bit like a screw he's going around with his little uh wrenches and tightening and he's just being a menace basically and it's hilarious oh yeah it is so funny i mean i've just got a smile on my face the whole time i mean chaplin's just such a such delight and as far as acting goes and this, I mean, just this whole sequence, it's really going on Chaplin because I think just with any other actor, this could be like really sort of frustrating almost like uh, there's there's an actor there that just couldn't make this work, but Chaplin does it so well. And the whole scene, like just when he goes to the bathroom yeah. and he's he's taking his break and then the, the face just pops up in the bathroom, the, the work. The boss tells him that he needs to go back to work. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's also, you're talking about the repetitive nature. And I was like, yeah, because I mean, this is just really boring stuff. And I don't think any of these people are really passionate about it. And that's something you, you kind of want to have with your job is just like, you is this something you're really passionate right. about and, and i guess chaplin gets there at some point right? all he does is screw these yeah. knobs in or whatever yeah and an- another interesting part about this whole sequence is that you know they start out they're doing their work and it's not too bad like they're kind of they're they're they pretty much start out going about as fast as they can go and you know maintain quality work but the manager keeps telling them to go faster he keeps telling the guy to you know pull the levers and you know section five you know speed up more speed more speed and each time he does it it yeah. gets more chaotic on the work floor and that and it at the at the highest point of uh speed on the the conveyor belt that's when the tramp loses it and can't keep up anymore and there's also the the food scene you want to talk about the the automatic food dispenser yes 
Yes, let's do. Um, so, um, don't know exactly the name of this company, but these people come in and they uh, have a, this, this quote-unquote machine where you don't have to do anything um, while you're eating. That This will just feed you on its own. And I was like, whoa, we're going to get to this point someday. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, this is going to happen at some point. Uh, but these people aren't there yet, and they picked the tramp uh, to test this machine on, and they got the soup, um, the corn, <laughs> some corn on the cob, the corn. And at at one point, the machine is working smoothly, and then it does it. It breaks, and the it's just such a funny sequence. Where the corn is going so fast, yeah. and, and he's just like struggling to eat it, and the the soup splashes on his face. And by the end, it's just it's just a mess. Yeah, this is another example where he he's talking about. The, the faster these machines are going, the harder it is for the people to keep up. And he's got he's got yes. the corn, which is, you know, originally turning at a kind of normal pace. He's eating his corn. He's not worried about it. But then the corn starts speeding up and literally hitting him in the face. And it, it almost has, seems to have a mind, of its own, <laughs> which is just brilliant visual comedy. Like, it's hilarious. And the timing of it is really great. You know, the corn stops, starts again, really fast, slow, you know, back and forth, <laughs> and he's just getting just battered by it. And, you know, the soup bowl yes. goes up too fast, so the soup pours all over him. And <laughs> this machine is yeah. just not safe for humans, really. It's running too fast. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. great. Then after this scene, uh, Chaplin's mental breakdown, just it just sort of keeps on going. Yeah. Uh, it he he goes through the uh the gears and all that and like I said, one of the most iconic images honestly is Charlie Chaplin, uh just in those gears and stuff and it, it just looks good also like I said, even though we don't have all the the cameras and uh the visual effects like we do now yeah. um Ch- Chaplin is still able to make it work and make a fun looking movie. That that is not just overly like big and fantastic, but I think that the gear scene does look really good. And then after this scene, he, he comes back up, and then he just really loses it. I mean, he's dancing around, and like uh, uh, there was a moment where like you know what exactly what his mind is doing right now. Yeah. And so when he walks outside and he <laughs> sees the the uh, the girl with the the like the two little like buttons or whatever her dress, yeah. uh, her breast and, and I know like you instantly know it like oh dear <laughs> this is gonna go badly and yeah after this scene Chaplin goes to jail and is arrested and yeah it goes to the psych uh, ward the, yeah I thought it was just really funny like the tile card pops up and it's like the tramp uh, let me see if I can he find said, it oh a- cured of a nervous break yeah <laughs> cured of a nervous breakdown yeah it says uh, well, my with, favorite part is that it says cured of a nervous breakdown, but without a job. <laughs> the chaplain returns, to, you know, the tramp <laughs> returns to the streets or whatever. But that's just so brilliant saying cured of a nervous breakdown, but without a job. Like putting those two ideas together, just you know, come on, uh-huh. come on, how can you beat that? But anyway, oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Uh, well, after this, he's released, and the doctor tells him that he needs to take it easy and yeah. to not get very excited or the breakdown will happen again, which is really hard to do just in this time where people are riding because 
they don't have uh they don't have jobs and so the writing and and I guess the factory life also is just not a very it's you're doing the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again but it with, with the work the the boss who's work, who's in charge of the factory is not there very kind he just sort of you have to go faster 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 it's that's hard to keep cool and not get very worked up yeah uh, and Chaplin tries to give uh, just this this flag back to this truck that's driving off and he gets caught up in a riot and is captured <laughs> because he's the leader of the riot it's just something that I love about this tramp character is that he's always gets caught up in the best right and uh I think that's just an element that continues very often and he's just he's just trying to help the guy out like he's calling yeah with the flag like hey hey your flag and then the the riot just sort of comes up behind him and it's just a funny looking scene yeah it's, but it's a great like, shot too yeah the I mean, crowd comes up behind him really cool yeah and yeah after this he he's caught and he goes back to jail and uh after this though we're, we get introduced to the love interest of of the scene or i guess of the movie yeah. um who is the game um, stealing bananas what's the that game Sorry. Yeah. Yes. We never learned the tramp's name, and we never learned um, this girl's name. And Chaplin really hides it from us because they're writing, uh, I think, it, like some sort of certificate that should have her name on it, but we didn't ever actually get a look at the name on the certificate. Yeah. Uh, and she's, we just sort of, and this is one thing that I love about Chaplin is that we're able to get who this this character is through just through visuals that she's daring. And she's quick also. She just, people kept, she, uh, people see that she's stealing these bananas and they run after her and she's just running away and she's really quick. Uh, and she's sort of um, uh, keeping this family together. She brings back the bananas and her father, he doesn't have a job. So he's just, she's just stealing stuff to try to, um, uh, to keep the, the family alive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Great introduction to the character. Yeah, and just real quick, like you were saying about how the tramp is always getting thrown in jail, and he, you know, it's surprising how often he does not actually commit the crimes that he's thrown in jail for. I think that's just Chaplin trying to mm-hmm. talk about how at that time, you know, the poor people were often blamed and thrown in prison for crimes that they didn't really commit. But it's it's hard for them to defend themselves when they're that poor and destitute, uh, in like a yeah. A, uh, in front of a judge or anything but yeah this love interest like the first shot of her you know cutting the bananas off with one in like in her teeth with one in her teeth like she's a pirate or something you know on the docks yeah like, this is a, an energetic and an immediately likable character and uh uh-huh. i think this was Chaplin's wife at the time or he might have married her after he had a few wives but i think this was one of them at one point yes so yeah and yeah, so that might explain just the great chemistry these two have together later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a, a really good romance that Chaplin tells, and Chaplin does uh, so far. Chaplin does romances fairly often. Modern Times and City Lights uh, are both romance stories, basically. And I was just surprised how well because I've seen City Lights before this, and I guess a little bit of a spoiler for. That's discussion, but I really, really like City Lights. Me too. And I was, and I was like, and I saw it in modern times, like it's in a love story. I'm like, oh, 
this isn't going to be nearly as good as City Lights Love Story because yeah. that was just so good. And I may, I may say that I like the City Lights romance more, but this is still a really good romance. And I feel like I was thinking about The Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> and how that romance is sort of clunky. And this all it is is people like, and like is Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield sort of staring at each other. And, and Andrew Garfield's like, do you want to go out with me? And he's just stutters a lot. And I was like, well, Chaplin's just doing it effortlessly without like just creepy looking stares because normally I think what you would think would happen is that they give some people to be staring at this girl but no it's all through just just great storytelling and actions mm-hmm. that Chaplin, that the tramp character is doing to set himself up as why this girl would like him yeah it's just really well done yeah and one of those first things that he does is to um basically take the blame for a crime that she has committed because he's you know his motivation isn't even to help her honestly He's just trying to go back to jail yeah. because he was so comfortable there. Uh huh. Let, let's talk about Chaplin in let's jail because uh, he's been yeah, he's been captured because uh, he was the the lead of the riot <laughs> supposedly and allegedly. Just, it, yeah, <laughs> and it's just really funny when he goes into his cell and there's this big guy there who's I think he's knitting something. Uh, I couldn't tell exactly what it was. Yeah, uh, but I think he's doing a uh, I forgot what it's called. It's the one where you have like the little wooden ring and you're doing like a pattern on the on a, a white yeah. cloth. I forgot what kind of sewing that is, but he's just, you know, sewing in a way. We're back. We're back. We're here. All right, so yeah, Chaplin so- has just been freed uh, after helping thwart the escape attempt. And he now he doesn't know what to do because he's back on the streets and he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have any prospects and he tries to get a job, but he bungles that pretty quick, which is hilarious to watch. Although kind of a tragedy, kind of a tragedy for our hero here, but it's pretty funny. You want to talk about that ship? Yeah. So he got a letter of recommendation from the police department or something. Yeah. uh, Just because of his. Uh, I think it's just another of his bravery or whatever. And he starts to work at a ship dock. And Chaplin just doesn't want to work. And he he uh, knocks down the board. And the ship just goes back. And it just falls into the yeah. ocean. It's just a <laughs> funny moment. And everyone's like, what did he just do? <laughs> like, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, but the next scene isn't so hilarious. Uh, this is a really just surprising moment uh, when um, uh, the, uh, the the gay man mm-hmm. and her her she's got two sisters. I don't know if he mentioned that, but she's got two sisters. Yeah, and their father gets killed in one of these riots, which is just a really uh, just a shocking moment, honestly. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this actress. Uh, uh, Paulette Godard, I think she plays it really well. Uh, just this, um, she, her two sisters are getting um, whisked away, and, and she makes a run for it, and she's out. And um, yeah, it's it's a very just a raw moment when uh she uh her father passes, and yeah, after this, 
she tries to survive and she steals some bread and uh, she runs off and uh, cha- uh, she gets caught and Chaplin takes the blame for it, which is, it's uh, it's an it's an honorable moment, but it's also like, well, he just wants to go back to jail. Also, it's, mm-hmm. it's also just a funny moment. But I think yeah. it's just something that I love so much about the Tramp character also. It's just what are they... Just what a kind character is, you know. Uh, what I just love about Chaplin's movies are just how fun, loving, and just enjoyable they are. And just this tramp character is so kind. And like another movie that kind of reminds me of this, and we don't get a lot of movies like this charge like that are just that fun. But the one I can think of the most is Paddington Two, mm-hmm. where it's just such a a kind loving movie and that's what I just love so much about Charlie Chaplin's movies and uh, this is just one of those scenes where I was just reminded like yeah this this is just so just just so loving and, and kind and I really just appreciated <laughs> that <laughs> you know yeah kind of yeah yeah it's a uh, um yeah like like you were saying it is kind of a self-serving moment but he's it's definitely taken as a loving moment by the gaming. And that's kind of the, the spark of their relationship. She starts thinking about him and his sacrifice that he, you know, willingly uh, gives <laughs> because he, you know, he, he knows something she doesn't about prison, <laughs> which, you know, who oh, knows? Yeah. prison, prison probably wouldn't be as fine and dandy for her anyway. So it's, it is pretty selfless of him. Yeah. And, uh, after this scene, he uh, he tries to instill him trying to get arrested. He he um, uh, what is it? What's the term? Uh, he dines and dashes. Yeah, dines and dashes, and he orders a ton of food. And he's like knocking on the glass, like he's like, "Come here!" And so mm-hmm. when he's going to pay off for his food, and he's like, he like doesn't have any money, and then. While this police officer is calling in to the police, he likes get, buys a cigarette, quote unquote, and then he buys two other uh, what some chocolate he, for some kids. Yeah, some chocolate for the kids. It's just a funny moment. Yeah, uh, just a sequence, honestly. And then when, I just love devotion when he's getting whisked off, whisked off to the uh, to the uh, to the police truck, and he just sort of tips his hat <laughs> to the guy at the cigarette stand. It's just a yeah. funny moment. Uh, yeah, and it's followed by a really funny moment in the police truck. You see all the different, uh, you know, low lifes, which they're really just, they seem to be just like working class immigrant people here, mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. And, he, you know, one of them burps and, you know, there's a little bit of a, a, a humorous moment there, a little bit of a, a low brow moment there when he... <laughs> Uh, he turns away and makes a, a face of disgust and then you know he repeatedly sits down on this woman's lap on accident just because of the shaking of the truck and you know he he, <laughs> he is kind of a, a bumbling fool this tramp throughout yes. but he he definitely uh makes up for it in heart but anyway uh eventually the gaming is put on this same truck because she is actually uh they singled her out and figured out that she was the one who stole the bread and they caught her and put her on this truck. And she has now run into the tramp again. And let's see where their relationship goes. You want to talk about the, their escape? Yeah. And, but there's, there's a moment before their escape 
which I just completely love. It's just another moment where I just appreciate just how kind of the, the trip is. And yeah, he is kind of a bumbling fool, but he's he's got like a, a, a loving heart, which is just something I really like. And I love that type of hero and or just protagonist. And when he gives his seat for the, the lady, that's just a, a, just a very touching moment. Because I remember um, just like, seeing like a, a video of something uh, on social media and that this this man would not give his seat for um, a lady and stuff. And the, now the people aren't like that anymore at times. There are people who won't give their seat for a, a woman. And that's just such a kind moment, I think. And I just really picked up on that detail and really loved it. And then the, I believe their, their escape is the, the, uh, uh, the truck, uh, bumps or hits a bump or something, and they fall out of the truck mm-hmm. uh, with the police officer, and uh, they well, make a run again, for it. Yeah, once again, we see that uh, when this machine, this car, is running too fast, the the police officers are not fulfilling their duties well. They're just speeding around, and they end mm-hmm. up crashing the police car because they were, well, I already said it, but because they were speeding. And so that's uh-huh. the third example here where we have machines running faster than humans can uh, keep up with, which I think is a very, very, almost a, it's almost a prophecy uh, from Chaplin in this movie that I love. But mm-hmm. yeah, they, they are thrown out of the car and uh, there's a funny beat where uh, Chaplin, you know, hits the police officer, knocks him out with his own baton and then tells the game <laughs> to run and then uh she basically uh signals for him to follow her he hesitates for a moment because he is still thinking about going back to jail and the security <laughs> that he found in prison but he decides to risk it all and run after the gaming and i think that's the moment where he really starts to uh uh to choose her and prioritize her and show some some really good romantic uh flavor <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right. It's a a, a fun escape, and uh, they're just sort of sitting there, and they they're watching this this married couple uh, in this the and the house, and uh, he sort of like they just sort of go into this this I guess this almost this dream scene of uh, just imagining what it would be like if um, they had a house of their own. Which is a, yeah. a, a, a really just a, a, it's a it's an enjoyable sequence and it and it's what's really going to propel their motivation for the rest of the movie when they want to it's really the tramp wants to sh- have what's to give her um, just the the fancy life, life that I think she wants and yeah, so they go to this mall exactly, ball. exactly. And and, a, sorry you go go ahead no no. Uh, I was just going to say, there's a really funny moment where he falls over the ottoman. And <laughs> yes. the first time I saw that, I immediately thought of the opening of Dick Van Dyke, the Dick Van Dyke show, where he always oh. falls over the ottoman. And then eventually they change it to where he like avoids the ottoman because he's tripped over it so many <laughs> times. But it, it's I, I always wondered if uh, Dick Van Dyke was taking inspiration from this movie when he made that detail. But yeah, the the dream home life that Chaplin presents with his story is very idyllic, very hilariously over the top 
perfect, mm-hmm. you know, heavenly lifestyle. And um, it, it is a little sardonic, but they definitely still are seeking after some version of that, some more realistic version of that. And I think yes. that is a very good uh, driving force for the narrative. Yeah, they start out by eating some fancy food. They, they have some cake. Then they go to the uh, the toy department. Um, Chaplin gets on some roller skates, and he looks like he's about to fall off of the uh, of the uh, of the balcony. <laughs> and that, that's just another fun moment. It's just an enjoyable sequence. I mean, this sort of goes through what it would be like if they were wealthy and if they had money. Um, mm. And they, then they go to the bedroom, which is a, another really good scene. Uh, and after this, Chaplin leaves to. What is he going to do after that? He says he's going to go what punch the clock or something, or something about the clock. Yeah, he he's got to go. I, I don't remember what it was. He's basically saying all is well because he's the the night watchman at this uh, department store, and so this is yes. after hours. They're all just messing around. I don't, sorry, I don't know if I just missed you mentioning that. Um, I, I don't remember what he was doing, but he goes downstairs <laughs> basically. Yeah, you know, make a note that everything's going well and what time it is or whatever, and then he mm-hmm. runs into some unsavory characters. Yes, uh, be, who are just they're breaking in basically, right? They yeah, and they they tell them that they're they're just hungry, uh, but uh, uh, they they end up falling asleep uh, and. And the, the store, and it's a it's a funny moment when this lady's shopping for some clothes or something, and Chapel just sort of appears from uh, from underneath the clothes, and it's just a really just a, just a funny moment. But like also like yeah, he needs to get out of there, and uh, he goes to jail, and uh, ten days later, um, he meets with um, the girl, and she's been doing mm-hmm. some working or or she's doing some seeking, and yeah. she's found some really really old rundown shed. And uh, she's doing her best to uh, claim this is paradise. <laughs> yeah. And for them, that's all they got. And uh, it's it's somewhat it, it's it's bittersweet. You're glad they have this this moment, but also it's it's just really sad to sort of where they're at now. I guess <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it is kind of sad. <coughs> oh, sorry. It is kind of sad, but also. If you think about it, it is a little better than where they were uh, starting mm-hmm. out, or at least after the tramp got fired from his first job. So they're definitely uh-huh. they're, they're on their way up, but they still got a long way to go. And I think you know the key to that is the tramp finding a job, which he keeps saying he will do. But it seems a lot easier for the tramp to find a job than it is for him to keep it. And <laughs> what is the next job he goes to? I'm kind of I'm shaky on this part. Okay, so at there's some point where they wake up in the, in the shed and all that, yeah. and someone they hear some sort of work call. It's like I'm off. I'm just gonna get some work <laughs> or whatever. And oh, yeah, they go in and it, yeah, and uh, he he's like is uh, elbowing his way to the top of the crowd. And like the other factory, I'm not sure what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the, okay, I just I, I I'm going through. The, the movie and it says the mechanic and his new assistant put to work repairing the long idle machinery. Mm-hmm. So he's doing some sort of repairing on this machinery, and 
similar to the first uh, sequence of the movie, it still has that sort of lightness here. I mean, he's not having a nervous breakdown here, but uh, he, it's, it's fun seeing him just sort of, he's, he messes up the, uh, uh, the, the hammer or whatever, and it's all flattened out. And then the, 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 the worker, he gets sucked into the, the, into the machine and his head's just popping out in between the gears. Yeah. Uh, it's just another a lighthearted sequence. Looks really good, like I said. And uh, I do believe <laughs> Chaplin Ruins is fairly heirloom and he has to uh, help him uh, eat while he's stuck in there. Yeah. And I believe after this, he's fired. Uh, mm-hmm. or, and he goes back to jail, right? Yeah. Does he, he go does. back to jail? Uh, I think he does because I think that's when she uh, gets the job as a dancer at the cafe. But real quick, yeah. they have, you know, in this second uh, factory scene, they have, mm-hmm. instead of Chaplin going between the gears and going crazy, they've got the mechanic being driven crazy by the tramp. And he goes <laughs> into the scene that he uses the same imagery again. So I thought that was cool. Yes. Uh, but then, yeah, it is. The, he, he goes to jail. Uh, I forget why. Um, I'm I'm going through this scene. Yeah. And oh, he I think he's fired, and then he through on accident he hits a police officer with a rock. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and they take away. And after this, um, it's been one week, and uh, uh, the gayman is out there uh dancing uh, on the street, and uh, one of the uh, workers at this, I guess this diner cafe. or whatever cafe. Yeah, he he's like, oh, she could be a good dancer. They must be really desperate. But <laughs> um, he he pulls her in, and their their life is instantly doing better. And um, she comes and uh, they're all, they embrace, and she shows them about the new job, and she tries to get him a job also working um, at the at the table at the table being a waiter. Yeah. And it's at, after this sort of reintroduction to the, the game in, in her in her new life, um, we see that things are still get, that things still aren't right for our characters because um, she's wanted now. That she's got one. Yeah, she's wanted. She, they got wanted posters, and uh, we we see them sort of uh, they're dancing, waiting tables, and it's really fun just seeing the tramp operate in just the kitchen stuff. He goes through the wrong door and one of the guys gets knocked over mm-hmm. and like, I'm kind of in suspense. Like what if he gets fired again? Cause yeah. like, and I think that, that that's something that's really important. It's like, is he going to mess this one up again? But um, he, he impresses everybody with his, his dance, his, uh, his singing number, which is so funny. It's probably my favorite moment of the movie. It makes no sense. I don't know what he's saying. Like I was like, is he speaking another language? Like I was like, I was like thinking about looking it up, <laughs> but it's, gibberish, it's yeah. just yeah, it's absolutely gibberish. But what's so funny is everyone goes with it. Like they're like, oh, this is great. This is great stuff. And it's so funny because he forgot the lyrics he's supposed to sing, and so he is just making stuff up as he goes along. And it is so funny. It's yeah, it's probably the most enjoyable scene in the movie. For sure. And then immediately after this this great success of the tramp, it looks like he's got a steady job finally. You know, she's mm-hmm. still got her job. But then 
the hand of the law returns yeah and brings down the fist and they have to they have to rest, race away from this job run away from the the social workers that are trying to quote unquote help her or you know but bring uh-huh. her in and she would probably go to like an orphanage or something because that's where she was gonna probably. go probably i think that's yeah that's, i think that's where her sisters went yeah exactly. she might go to jail honestly because of right. all the stealing she's been doing right, uh, right. it's just it's a it's a just a gut-punching moment we don't i just love like the, it's a low-scale movie but chaplin's got you in suspense because he's built up this appreciation for the characters especially the tramp who for audiences back then and for people going through chaplin's filmography now have really have a a connection with this character and really like him um and it's sort of like oh what's gonna happen next And, and they make a break for it and they're just sort of um sitting there uh on the road Mm-hmm. And Chaplin's just sort of like, pucker up, it's gonna be okay. And <laughs> they they just walk off <laughs> this um they walk down the street and I guess into the sunset. Right. Uh, oh you know, he says, Buck up, never say die, we'll get along. Yeah. Uh and <laughs> it's a <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where I came up with that. But uh they they walk off into the sunset, I guess, and you don't really know what's happening to it, but it is such a great Ending to the, the the tramp character, uh, maybe he'll go see the the little kid and the blind girl. Uh, we don't really know what happens, but uh, it's a just a, a a great ending, and it's an emotional ending too. Like you feel fulfilled. You don't know what's going to happen to them, but I don't know. It's an emotional ending. I really enjoyed it. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's it's poignant. Yeah, um, so and it's uh, it's cha- kind of sad that it's the last uh, the last we'll see of the tramp, but you know it's bittersweet. Yes, it is bittersweet. Is the perfect word I think. Um, would you say that um, did was this how the chaplain know this was his last outing as the tramp? I would say so. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I think you're probably right. Um, but anything you want to add to uh, modern times? I, I can't think of anything. I mean, everything is just such a delight. Yeah, I think we've covered it. Uh, definitely, people still need to go and watch it, though. Even if you listen to the spoiler part uh, without uh-huh. having seen it, still go see it for sure. Oh, yeah. It's still going to be an enjoyable experience for sure, just because – Chaplin is just such a skilled director and actor, and like you said, he's a good composer too. So just all of the elements work and is enjoyable. I mean, uh, I think what's great about Chaplin's filmography is they're easy to just go back through, and you'll get the same fun experience and just yeah. enjoyable experience. Um, yeah, so right. yeah, since so Patrick, you and I are doing City Lights back to back, we'll do our five movies we want to see soon. Um, with uh, City Lights, which is what we're going to be doing next. All right, let's do it. All right, so thank you for listening to this episode. And uh, uh, you, you can email us at moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com uh, to let us know what you think of the show and also let us know what DLNA means if you say it really fast. And um, we will be back with City Lights. <laughs>